This is the Employment Law Show. It is indeed. It is 6.32. That means it's time to get her done. If you want to get in there, last night was such an amazing show. Appreciate, by the way, all your phone calls and emails. It was uh, it was a busy night. Hopefully repeating that tonight as well. And if you haven't caught on by now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Employment Law Show Live, 6.30 to 7. And then Friday, we slide over to the Disability Law Show. So we have got you covered five days a week, plus, of course, the Employment Law Show on Saturday mornings as well. But here and now, ready to go. You have questions about employment, employment law, vaccine mandates, masking, going back to work, accommodation. It doesn't matter. Bring it on. Good old severance questions. We'll, uh, we'll cover it all. 416-870-6400. Lines are open. Glenn is standing by to, uh, to punch those phones open. And you talk to us and you get some quick answers. That is exactly how this works. You want to reach out to our good pal, Andrew Goldberg, who is the lawyer on site tonight doing all the heavy lifting. He can be found, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any other time, one 821 5900 And I always direct you over to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, a website full of easy-to-read, easy-to-use information as it pertains to employment law, everything that surrounds your workplace rights. And it's free, and it's anonymous, and there's also the severance pay calculator rolled into that uh, that baby as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But I digress. Let's get into it. 416-870-6400. Topic du jour is you have to do something about it if... We'll get to those talking points in just a bit, but uh, we always start off with the case of the day. Andrew, what's going on uh, on your side, brother? Hey, John. Uh, well, today what I wanted to discuss briefly was uh, news regarding Apple mm. and their new mandate to have employees return to the workplace. So Apple's employees had been working from home for the course of the pandemic. They've just you know, released information to those employees saying, look, you know, beginning April 11th, we're going to require you to come back one day a week. And then as of May 2nd, a couple of weeks later, two days a week, and then right. three days per week as of May 23rd. And many of these employees don't want to return to the office, which is mm. not surprising in a lot of yeah. ways. Obviously, there's tons of awesome benefits uh, to work from home. But the question that comes up, and it's not isolated to just Apple, it, it involves you know all employers really, oh, yeah. and, and questions I get all the time, is if my employer is calling me back to work after working from home for the last year or two years, can they do that? And what happens if I refuse? And you know what I wanted to share with our listeners is, unfortunate as it may sound, and you know not all. I wish everything I could say on this show is just you know positive and goes in the employee's favor. But the reality is, we just want to make sure people know their rights so they don't do the wrong thing. And the reality of the situation is. Um, if your employer calls you back to work after working from home during the pandemic, you do generally have an obligation to go back. And if you refuse to do so, you know, that would be considered likely job abandonment, which is the same, you know, essentially a resignation. And you would not receive any severance for refusing to go back. Now, there are some exceptions. So that's not, you know, a black and white rule. There are exceptions such as, you know, the need for accommodation. If, if someone has a disability or, you know, childcare obligation such that they're, they're forced to continue to work from home, then an employer has an obligation to accommodate that. Now, there also could be another instance, for example, where you had worked from home prior to the pandemic, and that has always been a term of your employment to work mm -hmm. from home, or maybe your contract expressly allows you to return from home, uh, sorry, to work from home. In those cases as well, it would be okay to deny 
uh, the return and, and you could treat that as a termination, a constructive dismissal, and you could pursue a severance. But for most people out there, unfortunately, if you refuse a recall um, to the office, you're going to be out of luck. Yeah, this one, man. You know, when you when you set this along earlier that we're going to talk about this, so and this this one really hits a nerve with me because uh, a close family member of mine who works in a place in Toronto, no names mentioned, is is same thing. They were off and home for you know last two two years, give or take, <clears throat> working from home because of the pandemic, and now they've called them back three days a week. And, uh, you know, and everyone's crying accommodation. I can't go in. I can't do this. And it's like, you know what? A lot of them are just being total DBs. I mean, it, it, what if the pandemic had never happened? Where would you be? You would be grabbing your car keys and your go train pass and getting your arse to work is what you'd be doing. And I just think it's going to be a lot of people taking advantage of this. And when you say things like, you know, if you don't need real, real accommodation, yeah, you, you've pretty much forfeited your job at that point. I'm, I'm totally 100% behind that, but that's just, that's just an aside. That, that topic, I knew when you said this to me, it was going to be a hot one, and I'm sure it is with, uh, with people listening as well. But yeah. other topics, of course, are allowed here, right? That's why we uh, get the <laughs> phone calls. 416-870-6400 is a way to call in. Look at that, right off the hop. Jane is all over it. Nice and early. How are you, Jane? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's, uh, what's on your mind? I just had a question. If I am on maternity leave and my maternity leave is ending and I've worked for my employer for almost 10 years, nine years right now, um, am I entitled to vacation time once I return to work? Great question. Yeah, of course, you are uh, entitled to vacation time and pay when you return to work. Uh, now, how much is going to be dependent on, you know, the what they consider the vacation year, oftentimes it's the calendar year. Sometimes it, it's different and it corresponds to your start date or the fiscal year. But depending on when your return date lies relative to, you know, where you are in the year, you will be entitled to use vacation pay and, and uh, your vacation time. So if you have concerns about an employer, and that being said, you know, let me preface that by saying you don't necessarily have the right to take that whenever you want, right? There, mm. There is, you know, some entitlement to the employer to help to say that, you know, these are the periods we'd like you to take it or not take it, but you are entitled to it, period. And if you have any concerns about your employer not uh, granting you access to the vacation pay or time, then, you know, definitely feel free to give us a call to speak further. Um, and, you know, generally we don't recommend that people contact the Ministry of Labor for certain issues because it could definitely prohibit you from getting your full entitlements. But if, if you leave it strictly to just vacation, pay and time and talk about nothing else and, you know, maybe don't even give specifics about who you are and who you work for. You just have a general question. They might be able to help walk you through it a little further as well. Okay. Okay. And this- Jane, pre- oh, sorry, Jane, you want to, oh, she got cut off. Sorry, Jane, if you want to, if you had another question, bring it on. I just figured you were, uh, you were done. To Jane's point, she's been off. We don't know how long she's been off on mat leave. I know in Ontario, you got up to 18 months. Now, does her vacation time accrue, even though she's off on mat leave? It should accrue, but it doesn't necessarily carry over. So ah. it's, it, that's why timing is, um, it, it's tough because oh. you, it's all really going to come down to timing in the end. So that's, probably one of these questions that's going to be specific to everyone's situation and also contracts of employment can provide for greater entitlements than your minimums anyway so there could be something in there as well that deals with that and perhaps if you get one of these top-up payments that might change right. the analysis and it, it's all going to be situational 
Jane, as always, uh, further conversation can be had with Andrew, a member of his uh, awesome team. You could do that at one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, lots of time this evening, right till 7 o'clock, 416-870-6400, the number to call and get on air and ask your questions, get some answers here right now. Okay, you have to do something about it if these are important topics because people with a lot of these things you've scribbled down here, Andrew, they're in the dark. And they're going to uh, they're going to forfeit some of the rights and uh, and things they have as being an employee that hasn't uh, they haven't crossed the this hasn't come across their desk before. So we're going to enlighten people with a few of these. You need to do something about it if you feel your employer is building a case against you. How do you go about doing that? Well, you know, I, I, I just to preface this, I really enjoyed this topic because, mm-hmm. in some ways, it it's derived from a sense of frustration because sometimes people come to me with these issues and you know i've experienced this i've experienced that and the other but because they didn't come to me sooner it the damage is done and i can't do anything to help them retroactively obviously so this series of questions i think is just so fundamentally important because if you do the right things early on your chances to pursue entitlements against your employer for whatever wrongdoing are greatly improved. So I just quickly preface that, but if your employer is building a case against you, the most important thing to do is document what is happening. You know, keep the evidence of what is happening. If you're getting, you know, harassing emails or calls or um, letters, or, you know, you're just being mistreated in the workplace uh, verbally, Um, if they're trying to question your performance, but you have evidence that you aren't performing as badly as they're saying, make sure you document everything that's going on. And also, especially when it comes to performance, if you disagree with, you know, performance issues raised by your employer, or when it comes to discipline, if you're getting a written warning because you did A, B, and C, but you don't feel you did A, B, and C, then make sure you communicate that back to the employer in writing. Because if you don't, you're going to be deemed almost to have just accepted what they've said as truth because otherwise you would have disputed it so you know documenting and communicating are kind of the two most um fundamental things you can do again uh, to call in 416-870-6400 here for the remainder of the time on air adrian thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and grabbing a phone how are you tonight good how you doing beauty what's on your mind pal uh, what I'm calling about, I just got a letter from my employer. I've been employed with uh, this company for 24 years as a highway coach driver. Uh, they sent me uh, a letter saying that I've been in arrears with my uh, benefit payments. Uh, from April uh, 2020 to December 2020, we didn't work. That's a period that I didn't pay. Uh, January 21 to August 21, once again, didn't pay. And then in 2022, they said I overpaid. And basically saying I owe him $1,500. Well, I got no notice that I was uh, owing this money. And now what do I do? So I guess what you're talking about is for your health and dental coverage and things like that. Right, they're, right. They're saying that you, you, I guess, so I guess my understanding of probably what happened was when you were put on a layoff, they continued your benefits during that time. Is that correct? Right. Right. And I guess you normally pay a portion of the premiums to cover those benefits, but because you weren't working, um, they didn't have a paycheck to draw that money out of. Sure, there wasn't wasn't deducted off of anything, right? Right. Well, I think what's what it's going to come down to is what was communicated at the time that that was happening. I think if ultimately this has just been th- like I think there is a 
to backtrack a bit, some definitely a world where, you know, you might be obligated to make these payments simply because you've always made the payments. But that being said, it's been two years. If they didn't right. notify you that this was the case and this was happening and they've just sprung this on you out of nowhere. Um, right. I think there could be the argument to be made that, you know, it's entirely unfair that they're expecting you to do this when um, uh, you had no idea that this would occur later, especially because had you had known maybe theoretically that money was owing, maybe you would have said, just cut off my benefits. Then I don't I don't can't afford to pay this when I get back. I'm not making any money right now. Right, right. Very right. good point. Yeah. So I but but unfortunately, without kind of seeing like I'm sure when you got laid off, they gave you a, a layoff notice and then there was a recall notice and things like that without seeing the communication and the exact specifics. I can't give you like a concrete answer in your specific case. Okay. I, I, right. I, I'm not going to outright tell you you don't have to pay it because I think there is a world where it's possible you do, but I, okay. it, it would be situation specific. So if you want a, you know, a consultation and provide uh, the documentation and information we need that obviously we don't have time to go through during this call, uh, we can help you out. Okay, so what, what do you suggest as my future uh, future plans then? Well, I think if you have to, you know, number one, tell them like, well, firstly, you need some time to look into this and you don't have the money right now to pay this back this second. And you're going to look into it a bit and try to get back to them. And in that time frame, try to reach out to, a, you know, our firm or an employment lawyer and, and discuss your options based on, you know, the documents and information you provide them. But it's certainly you want to, you know, buy yourself some time to look into it, of course. Adrian, appreciate the call. Got to slide into a quick break. Here's the number to get a hold of Andrew and his team afterwards to discuss further. And that would be 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, 416-870-6400. Lots more Employment Law Show is coming right up. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And we're back at it. Indeed, it is 648. John Scholes and Andrew Goldberg, courtesy Sam Firu to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. How about that? Your chance to call through, ask Andrew some questions. You have employment law questions for yourself or otherwise, 416-870-6400. Failing that, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and reach out through email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. .ca as well. Going to move on to our, our next call. Omesh, uh, good evening. How are you? Good. I'm fine. Excellent. What's on your mind? Yeah, you know, I have a question about the COVID vaccination. Good. So uh, I didn't get the COVID vaccination. And, uh, you know, the company uh, is saying that, you know, you have to come back. You have to get your COVID vaccination or we cannot take you on duty and then it will be job abandonment and then there is no severance. Uh, what co- so what kind of company do you work for, Omesh? Uh, I work for a hospitality company. Okay. Well, no, I mean, th- this is probably our most common case these days. I mean, there's so many people in your situation that uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately are, are kind of dealing with the same things. And especially as kind of the um, mandates continue to be lifted, there's definitely less of an argument to be made that such a mandatory vaccine requirement uh, should be imposed and that they can withhold your severance. 
And the overwhelming likelihood is no, uh, you know, you would be owed a severance for not receiving, for getting fired as a result of not receiving the vaccine. Now, have they given you any alternatives? Maybe, you know, could you get rapid testing or anything like that? Or is it just if you don't get vaccine, that's it? Yeah, no, they said it's uh, uh, our company policy that, you know, everyone needs to be vaccinated if they want to work here. And that right. is, uh, and they said that uh, the, uh, uh, the company has a right to decide if they want to have a vaccine uh, mandate like that, and it's up to the company to decide. And they have decided that everyone uh, in the uh, in the in the office has to be uh, fully vaccinated, or they will not right. be allowed to work. R- right. So it is up to the company to decide if they want to mandate something like that, but it's not up to the company to withhold your severance. For firing you as a result of not getting vaccinated okay so if you're let go from your job and you haven't uh received any severance on that basis please give us a call uh and uh book an appointment with an employment lawyer and we'll, we'll try to see what we can do as soon as possible to get you paid Omesh, thank you uh, very much for uh, for making that phone call tonight. Here's how you carry on with Andrew and his team, one 821 5900 Get on it, take care of it while you can, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line. Jeff, you are next. Good evening. Good evening. Um, question is in regards to uh, severance pay. Um, now, my employer has given me, I'm not complaining about the amount of severance pay, but the one thing I am complaining about is they want to claw back 50% if you go get a job during that severance time. Right, and, and you, you, you're just wondering if that's acceptable or not. Correct. Correct. Right. It, it, it is something that's quite common. Um, it's not definitely something that we see all the time. And uh, what that is to account for is the fact that if you were to get a new job, they don't essentially, they essentially just don't want you to double dip between the payments. And what they're trying to say is, look, if we're going to give you this length, the, the idea behind severance at the end of the day is really the understanding that, you know, you didn't do anything to justify your termination. You said the plant is closing. Correct. So that's obviously, Correct. I'd imagine, not, not your fault. So as a result of getting fired for a reason that is really just not your fault and shouldn't be attributed to you, you can you get a bunch of money now to help bridge the gap till you find a new job. That's really the point of severance in the first yeah. place. So what they're doing here is they're saying, look, if you find a new job, where it's not like we're going to cut you off completely. We're only going to give you half of what's left, I imagine, right? It's half of Correct. what's left after Correct. you find a new job. Now, that being said, you have to keep in mind that if they have something like that in place, you have a greater expectation to a longer period of protection, right? So you would expect that the number of months or weeks of severance you get is higher than if they gave you just a full lump sum payment now and said goodbye. So if you want to have your package assessed, that would be the, you know, my first and really only advice at this stage. We would have to get all kinds of, you know, your age, length of service, position, all the bits Mm -hmm. of information. And then we could kind of give you an idea, look, here's what we think your package is worth especially if they want to keep something like that in but usually we try to get that removed as part of the negotiation okay all right well thank you very much for your information you're very thanks welcome. jeff appreciate uh, appreciate your time as well to follow up again any other questions with andrew you could do so one 821 5900 and help at we're going to move on down the line we got uh paulie hi paulie how are you i'm good thank you fantastic what's on your mind uh, yes. 
So today I found out that I'm going to be asked to report to a C-suite executive. I'm already a C-suite executive. Um, That's not acceptable to me. Uh, Some of the reasons that were discussed as to why uh, relate to issues that I've documented and they're incorrect or at least circumstances were outside of my control. Um, All of my performance reviews are grade A or B plus and a lot of them contain a narrative that confirms uh, from the CEO that conditions were adverse to achieving the goals that they're citing as being the reason I need to report to this person. So I've only been there three years um, and I'm 60. Is this a a circumstance I need to accept? So in essence, my understanding is you're perceiving this and and the actual reality of the situation is it's almost like a demotion. I'd I'd imagine you reported to the CEO at one point if there was no, if you're a C-suite executive. I still do. yeah. You still do? Yeah. But but they're asking you to kind of put an intermediary between you and the CEO now? Exactly, yes. Right. So in a lot of ways, depending on how that affects, you know, your day-to-day responsibilities, if some of that's getting kicked up to the other person, if you're simply by virtue of, you know, it is just demeaning in and of itself to kind of have someone new put in place above you, it's possible that you could reject the change and treat that, by rejecting it, treat it as a constructive dismissal, which would enable you to essentially leave your job and just pursue a severance. Prior to doing that, because it's a bit of a nuanced situation, it's not a case where they're just cutting your pay in half or taking away half your responsibilities. It's a little more subtle than that, but obviously at your job position, those changes have a big impact on you and and your morale and just like your how you feel about working there. I would highly recommend that you you walk this through with an employment lawyer and i have no problem actually if you want to email me directly um you can find me on the website and my email's there and and i can try to set something up for you to discuss that further i'd be happy to Paul, you got to let you go. Got to move on, but uh, you had to reach out to Andrew as well. You can also call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's quickly get in uh, a call from Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Good evening. Hi. How are you? Good. Go ahead. What's your question? Um. Okay. So my question is: I've been working for a company for eleven years, and uh, they recently just said that they wanted everyone to come back to the office three days per week. Um. Now that's uh, for fully vaccinated, which is two doses or two doses or more, or if you're not vaccinated, to get tested three times a week. Now, what happens if, like, my job's been fully operational from home uh, for the past two plus years? Um, I've, I've never had to go into the office, but I ref- what if I refuse to get tested as well? Like, what is, what can I do about that? Well, that's a tricky one because, you know, you do have an obligation to go back if they call you back. I mean, if prior to the pandemic you worked from home and that was always part of your employment, you could make the argument that, well, I don't want to go back in the first place. I don't want to go back at all. But if that assuming that's not the case, then, you know, they would have a bit of an argument to say that, you know, you should at least agree to the testing. I think some of that would come down to you know, what kind of test, whether you are expected to pay for it or not, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think it's that one's going to be a bit of an iffy situation. If you told me that outright you had to be vaccinated or else you're toast, then right. I think that's a no-brainer. I think there's right. a very good argument to say that being tested changes the terms of your employment, but mm-hmm. as well such that you could refuse it. But I think that would also depend on the type of workplace, how if there are safety-sensitive issues, things like that. So if you want to, again, I, I, this, I hate to do this, but it's hard to get all the information we need in these brief calls. But if you want to give our office a call through our, through our intake team, we could set you up with someone so you can kind of flush this out a bit further before you kind of act on anything. Sandra, appreciate it. And that is out for our time tonight. We're back here tomorrow, 630. So if you didn't get a chance to call in, call in tomorrow. We'll be taking more of your calls. In the meantime, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Employment Law Show.